I'm not going to say what's going on, everybody, this time. I say that for every podcast, but I'm really weird to start them out. But we are back. I am still friends with Ethan Rose and Theo Backman. I don't know if anyone was, was concerned so, about that, mm-hmm. but I was thinking about that. We have Preston back again. We're talking about the NFL draft, some winners and losers. Preston and Ethan, a couple of Bears fans, obviously thinking high about Justin Fields. Are the Bears the biggest winner in this draft? Uh, if you're talking sample size, they're one of the smallest because um, they only had like two picks in the in the first two days. So that's why, um, in my opinion, they're not the biggest winner. Um, but I think for what they did with their draft capital, it was Ryan Pace played his cards very well. I have to completely agree. Uh, we only had two picks, you know, trading up to get Tevin Jenkins in the second round. You lose it. You lose that pick. But at the same time, you get a guy who the Bears might have even drafted at 20. So I think it was worth it. But just based on the number of picks we had, we only had two within the first three day, within the first two days. I don't think we would be labeled as the biggest winner, but I would. De- it's clear, clearly able to say that we are a winner, and that there's no way that anybody can make any other distinction with our draft. Yeah, it was a great yeah. draft for the Bears. I agree. F- Fields is a great pick. Um, the Bears need to do something. It seemed like everywhere they turned, there was just there was no optimism at quarterback with Andy Dalton. There was just nothing going on. And I think it would have been the same situation if you get Kyle Trask, Mac Jones. I don't think there would have been a lot of optimism, but they made the move. They were able to get Justin Fields. And now they have someone that they can bring out to Bears fans and say, look, here's our quarterback. It's a guy everyone can get excited about. And like Ethan said, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tevin Jenkins pick in the second round. I think that was a great value selection. Yeah, I totally agree. We got two first-rounders, in my opinion. Like Pace said, they had first-round grades on Jenkins. He was mocked to us. um, One of of the most frequently mocked players to us at 20. So I'm very happy with that. Um, One thing that stood out to me from the Bears draft, five picks were all offensive players, which I think we certainly have some issues on defense, but it's important to address um, the offense and really support fields with – a wide receiver in Dazney, two, they call him nasty, tough alignment, and Jenkins and um, what was Sermon? The, oh, Larry Borum. Borum, sorry, yeah, Borum from Missouri. Um, I think it was a great draft. I'd be happier uh, with Pace and Nagy, yeah. I want to keep I'm it. in the same boat. I And it's also, I'd like to like go to NFL analysis, analysis thing. I took the some of the top 18 uh, NFL writers of the, of the past like 10 years. And I looked at their grades for the NFL draft and the bears consistently came out on top as the top draft. And I know we love to point out grades and like how each team did, but I think it's interesting to note that the bears had the highest average graded draft out of any team in the NFL draft from yeah. just the NFL media perspective. The, the Athletic put something up and they use their like big board draft rankings to compare where the players were selected. So they did uh, like draft capital that every team had and then the amount of value that they selected based on where the players were in the big board. And um, the top five for that, the Bears were number one. And that's a little analytical. So that's even beyond grading. So their top three, they had the Bears, the Chiefs, and then the Broncos got 
the most value for where they drafted. I want to keep it on the topic of quarterbacks and kind of analytics. I'm big into six degrees of whatever. I don't have quite six degrees, but it's kind of three. Trey Lance was drafted third overall to the San Francisco 49ers. Him, Trey Young, and Jason Tatum all have the same haircut. Trey Young has obviously worked out. Jason Tatum is a budding superstar in the NBA. Does Trey Lance follow in their footsteps, or is he the outlier in the, we'll call it weird haircut club? I like Trey Lance a lot. Um, and I think he's kind of being misevaluated, though, in my opinion, because it seems like people think he's someone that needs to sit, whereas I think he might be someone that needs to play right away because he, he didn't play this entire last season. So we're talking about it. If he doesn't play this year, that's somebody that's now gone two years without taking any snaps. Um, and the way the position's moved is I think he will be able to succeed right away. He's obviously not going to be great at reading coverages and stuff like that. But I think just the raw athlete that he is with his speed and with his arm, he'll be able to make plays even if he's not completely up to speed with an NFL defense. If he's late on a read, he'll be able to get the ball in there or make some plays out of structure. So I think he'll still be able to do some good things and succeed right away as a rookie. I definitely have to agree. And one of the main talking points coming into the draft was how smart he was coming in to the NFL season, grading out as one of the smartest players. Of course, we don't really have those evaluations as just third-party analysts. But at the same time, it's impressive to note that most teams graded him as one of the most intelligent players, intelligent quarterbacks coming into this draft. Of course, he is raw, and that, like Theo mentioned, that only one year of playing – is going to come to is going to come in full fruition at some point this year. So getting him in quick, getting him, getting him into the system on time in the off season, having him learn, especially from a Kyle Shanahan offense that has a lot of nuances and a lot of moving parts. It's important that you get him into the system quick so he can develop and start that process of potentially being one of the biggest superstars in the NFL. He didn't throw a single interception his last year in college. So like starting him, he's not going to wreck your game with turnovers, which is why I think he's a good fit for the Niners. Cause even if he's not there yet, he seems smart and intuitive enough that he's not going to completely wreck the game. Yeah. I mean, we all think he's a better quarterback than Jimmy. Gr- um, at least I assume sure. we do. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so if the Niners seem to be in like win now mode, they're pretty much they're kind of in like limbo. You don't really know. We don't really know how they're gonna do. Um, I, I I think that if they want to win, they need to start Trey Lance week one. Um, I know like sitting quarterbacks has worked out or whatever, but this is the new thing, the new norm. You've seen it with Burrow. Herbert got in um, quickly. The Dolphins wanted to get two in. Even though Fitzpatrick was playing well, you got the rookie pretty much as soon as you can. So, Theo, you have an opinion about teams trying to find their Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Is that what's going to happen to Trey Lance? Um, I don't think so. Just based on everything that Kyle Shanahan has said, um, it seems like they were drafting someone to start right away. Um, if you want me to elaborate more on what Steven's alluding to is – I kind of compiled some research today and I did an article and the topic of the article was that 
every team in the NFL is trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes. But then people forget a big point in Patrick Mahomes' development was that he didn't play at all as a rookie. And every team is trying to follow the developmental path of Mahomes, but no one's following that step. And it becomes tough to evaluate because Mahomes is a complete outlier. So it's not like you can say, oh, Mahomes is only good because he sat out a year. Mahomes is freaking Mahomes. He was probably going to be good no matter what. But because the NFL is such a copycat league, I'd be expecting teams to have adopted that strategy by now. And it just doesn't seem like something that's happening. So I want to I take that from what I've seen the past three years. If the Jets would have done that with Sam Darnold and drafted how they did this year for Sam Darnold, he would still be here and Zach Wilson would be somewhere else. Sam Darnold was one of the higher rated prospects when he came out now for three years ago, whatever, but they had nothing around him, So they were just setting him up to now be this rebuilding quarterback, obviously in Carolina, but San Francisco is one year removed from the Super Bowl. They have all the pieces that they need and they seemed like they were there now new franchise quarterback away from being back in the big game. So I think if Trey Lance sits, that shows that they want him, but they don't have the confidence in him. You know what I mean? That, like, we like you a lot and we're glad we have you, but, you know, we don't, you don't fit us right now. Maybe if Jimmy doesn't do it or we lose somebody else, then we'll put you in. But I think he has to play as soon as possible or else his confidence, like Sam Darnold, who did play, will just be ruined but because of him sitting and not being out there all the time. Yeah. That's the tone of the organizations. I, I, so I compiled it. There's between 2017 and 2020, including Mahomes, there was 11 quarterbacks drafted in the top 10 and he Mahomes was the only one that did play at least 10 games as a rookie. It's like even, even Tua last year played 10 games. Um, And that that list includes guys that didn't work out. Like, like you said, Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky guys that I feel like were just rushed in before they were ready. So we brought up Patrick Mahomes. I brought up Baker Mayfield. I found out yesterday, Theo, you're a big John Dorsey guy. Like I am Mm -hmm. the Detroit lions. Apparently they got something right. Dan Orlovsky ESPN analyst, outspoken line supporter is finally happy. Is this, good times ahead in the motor city or is it just going to be back to like oh we have to watch them on thanksgiving and they're just going to spit and sputter there's a lot of work to do but i really do trust john dorsey what he did he built i mean the two of the best teams in the afc right now the chiefs and the browns he had a big hand in building both of those teams i really like these homes I really like the Lions draft too. What they did in the later rounds, especially, I mean, with Penne falling to him, they made the right choice. They didn't try to overthink it. They took the best guy available, Penne Sewell, who could have, if Trevor wasn't, a, if Trevor doesn't exist, he could easily have been the first pick overall. And it, just from that standpoint, I think you can call their draft a success by potentially getting a left tackle that'll start for you for the next 10 years, barring any injuries. Yeah, they're um they're kind of trying to change the culture there, you know. Detroit Lions are kind of like a just a stinky franchise. Like nobody really likes, not like nobody hates them, but it's just they're the Lions, you know. Um, so they definitely need some characters in there. Whether or not you think Dan Campbell is a legitimate NFL coach, that's up to you. 
but he definitely brings uh, a new energy toward the field. Uh, I think they'll be interesting to watch. I don't know if they'll be good since they got Jalf at quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, definitely improved. Uh, and it's much better than they had last year, for sure. Yeah, I don't think the Lions are good this year, but, I mean, the Penny Sewell picks a home run. They did good in the middle rounds. You got I like Amon Ross St. Brown, Ifiadu Melifanwu. They're, they're not going to be good this year, but I think they have they, they, they have good people in charge now. John Dorsey's good at his job. So I wouldn't be surprised if we come back in about three years and the Lions are pretty loaded. Yeah, and if the Jared Goff experiment doesn't work out and they fall between like 10 and 20 in picks – it's a pretty big quarterback class next year and you're not going to get the Trevor Lawrence's, but you could get somebody. Now I have said, I'm going to pick my new 2022 guy. That's Brock Purdy. I'm not saying he's going to be a first round pick right now, but you know how the draft goes. No one thought Mac Jones was going to be a first round. So maybe Brock Purdy's the next one, but I think this team totally relies on Jared Goff, whichever one you're going to get of him is how far this team goes but I think if they win six or seven games, they'll consider it a success for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I, but at the same time, I don't think Jared Goff can be a long-term solution to the Lions' problems. I think, especially with the amount of quarterbacks, potential quarterbacks coming out next year, I think you really need to start building for the future, especially with the Sewell pick, which is something that will probably be used more for whoever they take next year, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The Lions' win total is set at five, uh, like for the over-under Vegas bets. Um, I think the way they're looking, given there's now an extra game, I think they'll win. They were, I believe, five and 11 last year, right? Sounds right. I think yeah, they improved as a team. There's, I think they win at least six or seven, like you said. Yeah. And they don't have um, Matt Patricia. Not having Matt Patricia, yeah, I should add really at least see, two wins. He, yeah, he alienated the entire team somehow, which is incredible. But you know, being a Jets fan, I I know the the feeling totally. Have you seen his <laughs> new job? Doesn't he just work for the Patriots again? But now he like assistant it, to the coach, not assistant <laughs> coach, assistant to the coach. Yeah, but that <laughs> okay. So that's title. like what Steve Sarkeesian was after he got arrested for being like drunk in public. So that's just like a fancy title that they give like mm-hmm. household names. And then eventually whoever the Patriots defensive coordinator is will be like, oh, I have to go to a wedding. And then Matt Patricia gets his old job back and then we give him another chance because we're like, oh, you know, we didn't learn. We need a reality show I mean, on Matt Patricia. Like, what, is, what does that guy do? I, I, don't, I don't know anything about Matt Patricia. His home life. Is he married? Is someone married to Matt Patricia? I just, I, think, I just think he watches tape like, and then like yeah. he like researches old like army generals and he's like i'm gonna do that but the exact opposite that's how i'm gonna rally my team around I, me i can't picture him doing anything else besides wearing that hat having a pencil around his ear and watching film like that's the only vision of matt patricia i can't I imagine him doing anything else i, I want to know his relationship to bill belichick because clearly they they have some sort of like friendship there i want to know how deep their relationship goes and how much do they really rely on each other? Or is it more of just a mutual thing? That's why Bill hired him back to the Patriots. They might not even speak to each other. Yeah. I I just think Matt Patricia like puts up with Bill Belichick and he's like, Oh, I really can't do this on my own. So you want to take me back, Bill? 
<laughs> Another team had an interesting draft. We do have a couple Saints fans with the sports wave. Garrett Caudre and Andrew Tolva, of course. How would you guys rank their draft? I mean, didn't really hit on the first round pick. I think we all know that. Um, like, there wasn't really anything notable about it, in my opinion. Like, for a positive reason. Um, I'd probably give them, like, a C, C- minus around there. But Yeah, their second round pick, I don't like. Yeah. Pete Werner, the linebacker, he yeah. always looks slow. Well, I know. I mean, is that also their biggest need? Like, I know you, you need to add depth behind depth behind Davis, but I really was glaring issues on the offense that have been kind of covered up for the past few years that are going to expose themselves next. Yeah, season. they they still don't have a number one receiver at all, or a number two. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Well, can you even rely on Michael Thomas after this year? No. <laughs> like, I, yeah, like you had off the field issues, injury issues, like. Sure, he's still got talent. Like, nobody's denying that. Um, but no Drew Brees there. It's going to be interesting to see how well he does. Might be, I'm not going to be drafting him in fantasy, that's for sure. I know Steven is excited about one pick in particular. <laughs> pick 133, Ian Buck, quarterback for Notre Dame. Now, Steven, do you think that Ian Buck sees any playing time within the next two years? Ethan Rose, you are one of the top recurring guests on this program. I'm glad you said that so I didn't have to. Jameis won't get it done. Ian Book will win four games this year for the New Orleans Saints. And if you thought I was unbearable with my Ian Book discussion before he got drafted, wait until he throws a touchdown in an NFL game. Wait until he wins an NFL game. It's going to be so much worse. I'm going to probably never talk to Chris Mullen again. Andrew Tolvo won't want anything to do with me. Garrett's probably still upset about the first round pick and he's going to hit me with one of those lassos. <laughs> but Ian Book X actually said it yesterday. He said, do you think he gets the keys to the car? I not only think he gets the keys to the car at some point, I think he takes it and runs with it. I really do. This guy, everyone thought it was a joke, but then I actually watched some tape. Yeah, he doesn't have all the intangibles and the arm angles and the fancy stuff, but Everybody loved playing with them. Brian Kelly was a huge supporter of them. Notre Dame made it to the playoffs. Yeah, they got smacked around a bunch, but there's something to be said about making it. Captain there, I I really think he's going to do something. Or he'll be like a career backup, but that'll be cool because like I saw it when no one else did. Sources in yeah, league I mean, circles are calling Ian Book a super Taysom Hill. That's that's the talk. Okay, and team, uh, Taysom <laughs> Hill and Ian Book Taysom on the Hill. same team is incredible. <laughs> Those two need to like pass only to each other. It, it, that's going to be awesome to watch. Another team who I thought had a really good off season, but then maybe after the first round, didn't have the best draft. The Indianapolis Colts. How are we gauging them now in the beginning of May? I mean, Carson Wentz at quarterback, which we all know. So he, he's going to be another tricky guy. Like reunited with Frank Reich, that's the big storyline there. See, like, going to see if he can continue or pick back, pick up, pick back up what he did in 2017 and 2018. Um, I think that he has an. That now that he has an offensive line in front of him is going to help a lot. Uh, they didn't really 
support him with much in the draft. I know they got a few receivers, I believe. Um, I'm not I'm not really for or against the Quiddy Pay pick. I like it. They need pass rush. It was him or an aging dish, uh, Justin Houston. So I, I'm I wouldn't say it was bad in a way, but I, I think they maybe could have done better. I do not like their second round pick, Deo Deo I don't even <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Apologize about that, but the fact the Colts are in win now mode, and the fact that they took a guy who will probably have to redshirt this year because of his uh, torn Achilles does not really speak that well to their success this year, in my opinion. I thought they should go get somebody else, like a pass rusher, or even even like another pass uh, pass catcher for Carson Wentz. But instead, they went for a defensive lineman who will probably not play until. 2023 which is a little disappointing he does have potential but the fact that they're in win now mode and they go after him does not really speak well for the their success this year there's some yeah, interesting picks about here? the sam ellinger pick that's it was a, i believe it was that one yeah. kind of stood out to me i know he'll be competing with jacob or not um yeah he will right eason's there yeah and i think is is who's Brissett on is I think he's a free second? agent now. Okay. I thought he signed with the so Chargers, but I'm yeah. making that up. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be – I mean, you, that's the thing. You never know with Wentz how unreliable he is. So the second he slips up, that could be Sam Ellinger's moment. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting to see him and Eason compete for the backup job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just described their class as decent in a way. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris Ballard has a good enough track record that I'd give it the benefit of the doubt and assume some of these players are going to be good. But like Preston said, it's it's just a decent draft. Nothing crazy. I think the Colts were behind the Titans for sure. I think that they're solidly in second now because Houston's a mess and Jacksonville won't do anything crazy. I think they could have maybe narrowed the gap a little bit with Tennessee but they didn't fall behind. They could have drafted a little bit better. I would have liked them to get another receiver for sure. But, I mean, I think that they'll surprise some people. They'll definitely sneak into the wild card. And depending on how the Titans do, I think they can contend for the South. The division probably comes down to who plays better, Ryan Tannehill or Carson Wentz. And Wentz just has to stay on the field and throw to the Blue jerseys this time and remember that he's on offense and not giving the ball away. Yeah, Ethan, I know you're a big stat guy. Like, do you have, like, a stat on, like, this – what's, like, time to throw last year for Wentz or something like that and just, like, compared to Phillip Rivers? I'd be interested to see that. I know it was super low compared, and he was one of the lowest in the league right next to Joe Burrow. And you can find you can find a, a time time to throw on Pro Football Reference. That's a big place I like to look. Um, I'm sure it was it was close to last in the league because it just watching Carson throw. But even still, even when he did have time, Carson still had moments where he just did not perform up to a standard that you would expect him to at this point and of course I think that concussion too back in uh not this past year but the year before really brought down his grade as well and what caused him to kind of decline too I think that 
part is that is something we often leave out in this, but I think it's, you know, concussions are a very weird injury and they can affect people in very different ways. I think for Carson, that really did bring down his performance over the past couple of years. You think it's not fixable? I think it's fixable, especially with Frank Reich there, but I think it's an injury that's been lingering and that this year will really prove whether or not that injury had something to do with how he did last year. Cause if Frank, he has Frank Reich, his best, his, the coach he had when he had his best season. And if he still can't win with the Colts offensive line and they're well, not great receivers, but decent enough. I think that to me, in my opinion, it proves that that injury did have some effect on him. The one season Wentz had is so tantalizing that I think we expect so much out of him, but he's now been in the league for like five, what, five or six years now. And most of his seasons by and large have been bad. Like outside of, outside of the one year, I feel like it's almost like we should just listen to what the numbers are saying for the course of his career and stop expecting that he can reach the level that he played at in the 2018 season. But I, I, I think there's a, there's a middle ground in between. I don't think we'll ever see 2018 Carson Wentz again, but I think there might be a nice middle ground that's in between 2018, but still much better than what we saw last year. And that's a quarterback that I, I guess is good enough to win games. I think Carson Wentz is the type of guy that – Whenever athletes say like, oh, we don't listen to outside noise, this and that. I think Carson Wentz felt that everybody wanted Jalen Hurts last year. And to what Ethan was saying, kind of playing scared because of the concussion. So between that and the fans just in Philadelphia being ruthless, it definitely got to him and wore on him. And he knew that he was losing his job. And there was constant talk about, you know, this should be Nick Foles team. Nick Foles should still be here. So I think all of that just kind of made it Carson Wentz implode on himself. But now with a fresh start and a fan base that really seems to want him and an offensive line that isn't trying to just like get him killed, I think that it should work out. And if he can just be as productive as Phillip Rivers, the Colts will definitely be a playoff contender, especially now with one more. Yeah, well, the narrative in 2019 was that Wentz is the only thing keeping the Eagles alive to win the division. Um when they, I think they're like seven and nine, or nine, no, nine and nine and seven, I believe. Oh yeah, because they made it into the playoffs and then he got hurt in the playoffs. yeah. yeah McCown exactly. came in and McCown like, like wedged between the like twenty nineteen wins is the only thing saving this team. They have no wide receivers. They have no cornerbacks, and wins is trash. Oh, he's the reason the Eagles suck this year. Is that concussion that he got in the playoff game? Um, so I I think you're definitely right there, Ethan. That uh, that really supports that, but. I, I, I hope he gets back, but just after last year, that was it was very bleak to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm rooting for him, but I put my money on him. Pulling so, up some stats on the manner manner too. He was pressured 29.3 percent last year. Other comparable quarterbacks in that care category: Lamar Jackson was pressured 22.5 percent, and Deshaun Watson even was pressured 26.1 percent. So it you could definitely portray that some of his problems was were on the offensive line but I think a part of it too is he just wasn't getting the ball out in time the last question I wanted to bring up real quick courtesy of Deontay Salim Aaron Rodgers this talk with the Broncos the nine pick possibly Justin Fields 
if you were the Green Bay Packers, okay, I want to start with Theo because I know what Ethan and Preston will say. Theo, if you were the Denver Broncos and you offered nine, which would be Justin Fields and some other pick to the Packers, would you take that? If I was the Packers? Yeah. I, I, I personally, I, I don't think I would do it. And I, I don't know if the, I don't know if the Packers would do it. That's the, I don't like I, that's what we were talking about today in the slack a little bit is how valuable is Justin Fields to the Packers? Because I don't they took Jordan Love in the first round last year. I feel like if they trade Aaron Rodgers, they just want to play Jordan Love. Well, that's the thing. When you say if you're the Packers, that does that mean if you're the Packers organization or if you're Gutekunst? Because if you're Brian Gutekunst, you that's a whole different situation. But if you're the Packers, the whole way to just appease this situation is by firing Gutekunst. So that's what I would do if I was in charge there. Hmm. Yeah. Because um, yeah. Rodgers came out and said that he would be fine um, mm-hmm. if he was fired. Uh, but if I was Gutekunst, I would not. And it, there's got to be a way to save the relationship. I like Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem like the guy to sit for a year because he's unhappy with the contract. Um, I don't know. He does seem like he can hold a grudge like pretty well, though. I could so talk- see him sitting out a year. Mm-hmm. He hasn't talked yeah. to his family in like 10 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he he's a good guy. You know um, how much Jeopardy you could film in 365 days? <laughs> Probably like a thousand. Yeah, I mean, It'll be Alex like the Gronk tour, but with Rodgers. And Ireland, if, like twice a month. So Rodgers can do both. And if you're like the Green Bay Packers, and or Aaron Rodgers more specifically, I wouldn't want that. The Denver Broncos are just the New York Giants of the AFC. They're on paper like this loaded, scary offense. Ooh, But like they're bad. And Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. would do a, a decent amount. But it's like he doesn't have Devontae Adams. The defense is like a couple steps down. The line is about the same. The running backs aren't nearly as talented. So it would just be bad for Aaron Rodgers there too. Aaron Rodgers' best chance to win is in Green Bay. And Green Bay's best chance to win is with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So these sides should come together and get something done. But it seems like it's two, (laughs) two assholes that are mad at each other. And we'll see what happens. I think... If Aaron Rodgers heard that idea, Preston, he would definitely take it. Just like go to Los Angeles like twice a month, just bang out like I mean four episodes a day. Who's his competition for the job? Probably like Dr. Oz and some other people. I <laughs> Ryan Seacrest is probably in there. Uh I don't know. I, I'm like twenty two. I'm usually winding down my day by the time Jeopardy's on. So <laughs> so that is podcast number one of a hopeful 15 this month. I'll be back Tuesday. I'll be back Wednesday. Preston and I, we're going to try to get a couple of soccer podcasts out soon. Ethan's going to be around for some hockey. Theo's not going to be a stranger anymore. Um, that's really it. Crazy weekend. A lot of sports coming up. May is going to be a loaded month from beginning to end. We've got a lot of playoffs coming up. Uh, NFL never going too far. But that is all that the time we have. Thanks, Ethan, Theo, Preston for coming, and I will see you guys on the next one.